I never thought that I would say this sentence. That I, Leslie Marshall, hundreds of thousands of Americans, Secretary of State John Kerry, and the Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei, all agree that when 47 GOP senators recently sent out a letter regarding the Iran nuclear talks, that we are against what they did, that we have and will and are blasting what they did. It just amazes me that I'm saying those names and the numbers. There is a petition of now over a quarter of a million people that want legal action to be taken against these 47 senators. There is so much to talk about in regard to this issue. Iranian Supreme Leader dismissed the letter as, quote, part of their ploys and tricks. Now, that's according to Iran's official state outlet, Press TV. Now, remember, this was drafted by a very young, inexperienced senator. Why would so many others with the experience sign on? John McCain blamed a snowstorm. What, did Frosty the Snowman make him do it? Rand Paul, alleged libertarian scientist? Now, the senators are highly critical of the deal being worked out. We get that. We get it. We know that that those in the House, the Republicans are. That's why they invited Bibi, Benjamin Netanyahu, to come and talk about what he didn't like before he asked for $300 million more from us. But what they did is they wrote the Islamic Republic, Iran, to warn its leaders of Congress's role in approving and implementing any agreement. Let me explain. This is stupid. This is dangerous. This is juvenile. This is unprofessional. And this is conduct unbecoming an elected political official on this level in the United States of America. Politics may be a game, but nuclear missiles are not. Politics may be a game, but international talks regarding nuclear uranium enrichment and economic sanctions and embargoes are not. Politics may be a game, but whether or not Iran decides to blow Israel away or not is not a game. The Republicans today have done something that those who are writing checks to ISIS fund and back terrorists and are extreme right in Iran that don't want these talks either because they want to build nuclear missiles and they want to blow Israel off the map. Thank you, Republicans in the Senate. Thank you. ISIS will accept your letter now. They want those missiles to to be built. If you engage worldwide in talks and reach an agreement that is at the best interest of not just the American people, but the people throughout the world, if Iran has the ability 
to improve their economy and thrive. They will have no reason because they will not be in desperate, in a desperate position to wipe Israel off the map. And let's be very clear. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Iran is not stupid. I know you think they are. I think they're bluffing. And if you really think they care what letters from Republican senators say, they don't. They're going to do what's in the best interest for their people. As quite frankly, any leader and government hopefully would for any sovereign nation, which Iran is. I don't get it, folks. If Iran truly is the axis of evil, do you want to send a letter and put Israel, one of our number one allies, more at risk? Do you really want to piss people off who already don't like us and that you refer to as an axis of evil? Seriously? Now, I'm a chick speaking with emotion here. But let's listen to some politicians with a bit more testosterone than I who have weighed in. One of which does not. It is a woman. But this is, uh, you know, you got Vice President Biden, former Secretary of State Clinton, even GOP senators like Bob Corker and Susan Wallins, uh, Collins, excuse me, uh, who have weighed in on that GOP letter to Iran. This is courtesy of CNN. The White House today let loose on Senate Republicans' open letter to Iran as reckless, irresponsible, misguided, a blatant, flagrant partisan attempt to interfere. Vice President Biden penned a lengthy, angry statement of his own, calling the Senate letter beneath the dignity of an institution I revere. Just as the senators try to school Iran on their role in foreign policy, Biden schools them on the myriad agreements signed through the centuries that did not require Congress's vote, like removing chemical weapons from Syria, basing troops in Afghanistan. He says the letter sends a message that is as false as it is dangerous. The decision to undercut our president and circumvent our constitutional system offends me as a matter of principle. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton weighed in. Either these senators were trying to be helpful to the Iranians or harmful to the commander-in-chief. And while the White House has refused to say whether they believe the letter hurts negotiations with Iran, today the State Department did. We believe it's harmful to America's national security for anyone to insert themselves into the middle of a very sensitive negotiation. Republicans who signed it stand by it. But seven did not sign, including chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Corker. I didn't view the latter as helping achieve an outcome that I'd like to see. He still wants Congress to have an input. He just feels his own bill he's proposed to give Congress an up or down vote on a deal with Iran would be better. Some others feel the same. I did not think it was appropriate for us to write to the Ayatollah and try to explain to him our constitutional system of government. But I doubt very much that the Ayatollah cares what a group of senators thinks. Very true, very true. And our Secretary of State, Kerry, he, he is in utter disbelief, as many people are. This is unprecedented that this would be done. This is said, uh, our Secretary of State, John Kerry. My uh, reaction uh, to the letter was utter disbelief. Uh, during my 29 years here in the Senate, I never heard of, nor even uh, heard of it being proposed 
anything comparable to this. Uh, if I had, I can guarantee you, no matter what the issue and no matter who was president, um, I would have certainly rejected it. We've been clear from the beginning. We're not negotiating a, quote, legally binding uh, plan. We're negotiating a plan that will have in it a capacity for enforcement. We don't even have diplomatic relations with Iran right now. And the senator's letter erroneously asserts that this is a legally binding plan. It's not. That's number one. Number two, it's incorrect when it says that Congress could actually modify the terms of an agreement at any time. That's flat wrong. They don't have the right to modify an agreement reached executive to executive between country, between leaders of a country. Mr. Secretary, I know this is a well-written speech, but not a speech, you've been at friend. this for this five This is not minutes. a speech. Yeah. This is a statement about I'm the gonna... impact of this irresponsible letter. And you have a lot and of letter does not do have legal yeah. authority. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think you have to ask what people are trying to accomplish. The, the author of the letter says he doesn't want these agreements to be made, and he thinks before the judgment is even made that it's a, a mistake. Yeah. So we'll see where we wind up. Uh, and also, Republicans, by the way, uh, admit that Iran letter, ah, that was a dumb idea. A day after releasing the letter that potentially threatened this administration's negotiations with Iran, like former Secretary of State Clinton said, they're either trying to help Iran or hurt the president. Some Republicans who signed it are now realizing it was a bad call. Behind the scenes, Republicans are wondering if sending that open letter to Iran's leaders was the best strategy to keep a bad nuclear deal from being negotiated. Now, earlier in the week, I said 47 Republican senators signed a letter and they warned. You don't warn a foreign government. This is not legally binding. They were inaccurate with regard to the government. This was not requested. This was not only unprecedented. This, to me, shows Iran and the world how divided America is, and a divided house is more likely to fall. A divided enemy is easier to attack and to conquer. Now, 47 Republican senators signed this letter warning the Iranian government that many of them would remain in office long after President Obama's second term was over, which to me, quite, quite, quite frankly, could be perceived, if you don't like us already, as a threat. Meaning any deal reached between the United States and Iran could easily be reversed by the next president. A, do you think Iran doesn't know that already? Seriously. But even among Republicans whose offices have signed the letter, there is some trepidation that the Iran letter injects partisanship into these Iranian negotiations, shifting the narrative from the content of the deal to whether Republicans are unfairly trying to undercut the president. Quote, before the letter, the national conversation was about Netanyahu's speech and how Obama's negotiations with Iran are leading to a terrible deal that could ultimately harm U.S. national security. Now the Obama administration and its Capitol Hill partisans are cynically trying to push the conversation away from policy and towards a deeply political pie fight over presidential and congressional prerogatives. That is a Senate Republican aide whose boss signed the letter. However, while some on the Republican side are now rethinking the wisdom of sending that letter... None of those 47 are recanting their support for it or signaling any intent to do so. Now, I mentioned Senator Bob Corker, a Republican chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He did not sign the letter, one of seven. He said, quote, I didn't think it was going to further our efforts to get a place uh, to a place where Congress would play the appropriate role that it should on Iran. I do not think that the letter was something that was going to help us to get an outcome that we're all seeking, and that is Congress playing that appropriate role. The open letter organized by Senator Tom Cotton, who was a freshman was first sent around by Senate staffers in early March. 
And last Wednesday, with a handful of senators already committed to the letter, he brought up the issue in one of the Senate GOP's regular luncheons. And Corker said, quote, I immediately knew that it was not something that, for me anyway, in my particular role, was going to be constructive. I didn't realize until this weekend that it had the kind of momentum that it had. Senator Jeff Flake was another Republican who declined to sign it. He said there was already, quote, a lot of animosity between Congress and the White House, and that Iranian nuclear threat was, quote, too important to divide us among partisan lines. Give him credit, right? This is not the time to be, you know, you know sticking your tongue out at each other. He said, quote, I just didn't feel that it was appropriate or productive at this point. These are tough enough negotiations as it stands, and introducing this kind of letter I didn't think would be helpful. Mind you, how many other nations are involved in these talks? Russia, China, France, the United Kingdom, Germany, the United States. The list goes on. Republican aides were taken aback by the response to what they thought was, quote, a lighthearted attempt to signal to Iran in the public that Congress should have a role in ongoing nuclear discussions. Do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of my kids, six and seven, when they ask dad if they can have a candy bar at the market, he says no, and then they ask me. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to go around the boss. Seriously. This, this, this people are referring to as cheeky. Are you kidding me? You have the leader of Israel here because you're afraid Iran's going to blow Israel to smithereens? And then you dare to piss off Iran, who you refer to as the acts of, of, of evil, who may right now have a nuclear weapon capable of blowing away Israel and, by the way, hurt Americans abroad and have people in Iran who are writing checks to and helping ISIS. By the way, speaking of ISIS, do you know that Iran's military is in Iraq kicking the crap out of them right now? This is... The wrong thing to do at the wrong time with the wrong country, the wrong leaders about the wrong thing. And you know who is agreeing with them? The people that want to build the weapons. Those that are to the right of the right. And by the way, writing those checks to those terrorist organizations. Do you know, it's pretty sad when you got Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Boko Haram and others having a toast to those 47 Republican senators today. That's pretty pathetic. Pretty, pretty bloody pathetic. Sad day in America for that. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. This is your show, so let's get to your calls. 8886 Leslie, getting your take on the 47 senators uh, in, in the letter uh, to Iran. You know, quite frankly, and I want to be very clear if this had been done by Democrats when Bush was president, I would be just as outraged. This is beyond breaching of, you know, protocol. This, to me, is dangerous. Don't move. Coming right back to you and your calls, your opinions, right after this. We're back. Let's go back to the calls. Charles in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Line 5. Charles, good afternoon and welcome. What is your take on this letter that was sent by these 47 Republicans? Oh, well, I, you know, I'm as disgusted as that could be. Um, those 48 senators are like precocious children. My apologies to children. Uh, the, uh, the thing is that it should never have been done. It's a breach of protocol that should be looked into, really. And uh, if, if, uh, well, it looked into, there, there are about a quarter of a million, approximately 250,000 or more right now, Americans on a petition that want charges brought against these 47 uh, Republican well, senators. Do you agree with that? Uh, you can add mine to it because I'm not going to put up with it. I haven't put up with the Republicans for 30 years. Uh, and uh, 
it began with uh, Ronald Reagan and his uh, deal, uh, uh, deal with uh, you know the hostage takers that took uh, hostages uh, from an embassy and kept them going for a whole year, I think. And that, that was a terrible, terrible thing to do. But this can you know go both ways. This is a two-edged sword, and this is you know just asking for an apocalypse or something like that. Why are they trying to trigger that? You know. I think that they should get something in return. And I'm tired of being in denial. I'm not going to let them do this to us anymore. I'm going to try not to. I'm a journalist, and I know I have big mouth, you know that. So what do you think? Well, if they broke the law, because there are people that say they might have uh, broken the law, uh, there are people that talk about treason. I, I would, you know, I, I do think if they brought the law, charges should be brought against them. Although I don't think we'll ever see it. Uh, yeah, at this time and day, but you know, Americans uh, have been so nice. I, you know, I, I've been a Democrat for about five, six years, and before that, I was an independent. And uh, I, I just don't like this kind of thing coming out of Congress. I really don't. Okay, uh, and, I, and you're not alone in that. You're not alone in that, and that and that's not just uh, Democrats. Uh, thank you for the call, Charles, and uh, we obviously are on the same page with that. Uh, let's go to Lisa on line three. Lisa, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. What's your take on this? Lisa, is that her phone clicking there? Lisa, give us a buzz back. Cell phone hell. It happens to the best of us. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. And keep in mind when we finish with a call, your cue to call through. Pick up the phone and join us. We go to Gary next on line four. Gary, good afternoon. I think that it's despicable. Whether they broke the law or not, I would like to see some Justice Department officials go to their offices just to scare the heck out of them. I would bet that Tom Cotton wets his pants. Okay, say 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 that again. I got to adjust my volume. You're, you guys, can you bring him up a little bit volume wise? He's soft. A little Gary, a little soft spoken. Say that again, sir. I would like to see some Justice Department officials go to their offices, whether they broke the law or not, just to scare the heck out of them. I bet that Tom Cotton would wet his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Or even if the secretary said, you have a phone call from the Ayatollah. You know, I think that bringing Netanyahu to speak to Congress, from the comments, from the anti-Israeli comments that I've seen on Facebook and elsewhere, we are just a step away from serious anti-Semitism in this country. Well, I think I think we already have in some pockets of this country serious anti-Semitism. Perhaps it's been replaced more so by serious anti-Islamism. Right. And I don't trust the Republican support of Israel. I think that they want, that they believe that once we Jews all go home, or at least have a secure home to go to, it will be time for their apocalypse. There are so many evangelicals right-wing religious people in the Republican Party. I, I sincerely believe that that's their aim. And, and by the way, just so folks know, even though some Iranians, you know, you know, and the former, you know, the former president Ahmadinejad may, you know, be a Holocaust denier or say that just to ruffle feathers is what I think more. So even being a raving lunatic or may hate Jews, it's not about religion. 
People have to understand this, even though people may say, oh, I hate a Muslim or I hate a Jew. I mean, in, in that region of the world, it may be broken down along the religious lines, but if you've ever visited or lived there, which I have done both, it's really not religion when you sit down and talk about it. It's about power and land grab. It's about territory. Right. It's about... It's, and it really goes back biblically to Isaac and Ishmael, which is, this land is my land because I'm a descendant of Ishmael, and he was first. He is the first seed of Abraham. Uh, thank you for calling, Gary, and uh, interesting uh, what you said uh, about uh, that. Let's uh, go back to the calls. And speaking of back, let's go back to Lisa. Her phone uh, got back with us. Lisa uh, is on line three. Good afternoon. Hello, Lisa? She there, guys, or no? Hello? Hello? Okay. Lisa, we love you, but I, I think she's just got a bad phone. Most of my listeners are it said line three both times she called in. Okay, Lisa, good yeah. afternoon. Hello. Hey, Lisa, Hello. how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, one of the things I think that we need to reconsider is if, if a person is acting to undermine the government of the United States, like these senators and congressmen did, then um, they're create an act of treason. Well, know? actually, actually, there are people that feel this is a treasonous offense because uh, many people feel that these 47 U.S. senators uh, violated the Logan Act. The Logan Act is a law from 1799 that forbids unauthorized citizens from negotiating with foreign governments. And in a sense, uh, that's what they did. By the way, it is, punish- it is a felony and is punishable under federal law with imprisonment of up to three years. Yeah. But, you know, the other side of it is who do you elect? Do you really think it's a good idea to elect people who think Armageddon is a great idea? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um we need to start looking at who we're electing, who they are supporting. And let's be honest, Armageddon could occur with or without Iran, and Armageddon could occur with or without this deal. I mean, let's be a realist. We have to look at how are we more likely to avoid Armageddon, and people may laugh, but I always say it, if you're hungry and Satan gives you a sandwich, you'll follow him. So if we help feed the people of Iran, they're not going to bite our hand. Yep, that's absolutely true. And we spend so much money on armaments and so little money on food. We really need to rethink that. Well, i got to get off the phone and drive. I'll see ya. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. Drive carefully. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's go to Alan in Dallas, line 5. Alan, good afternoon. Hello. Hey, Alan. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good, thank you. What's your take on this? Yeah, actually, I, it's funny. I just actually wrote an article today about this whole thing and how this letters kind of, you know, at, at the beginning, Republicans kind of did it. I think it's kind of a jab at Obama because, you know, that's just what they've been doing for the last few years. But, you know, in kind of retrospect, looking at how it's played out, you know, not only has it kind of embarrassed them, you know, it's embarrassed kind of the country and kind of weakened us on the national stage because it's kind of, put on display internationally kind of the petty bickering uh, disrespect that they've shown towards this president, which does not make the United States look stronger at all. I agree with you. There's a perception, right? Perception is one's reality. And what is the perception? The perception is the U.S. doesn't have his crap together. Exactly. And, I mean, and, you know, it's not hard to figure that out with the Internet. You can look that up. 
But at the same time, this is just, it's given the, you know, international world media a headline. Not only that, they're extremists in Iran, hardliners who are basically the kind of the Republican version of what, you know, what Iran has that strongly oppose this bill. They strongly distrust the United States. They don't want to see it go through. And all they did was give them a specific approved piece from part of our government saying, yes, here, look, this is what we've been saying, and they're confirming that you cannot trust this government. And that just, to me, that's just basically they handed them the perfect piece of propaganda for them to take to their followers and build support and build this trust for this country, which, again, just weakens us internationally. Exactly. And, and Exactly. And you know what? There are people like ISIS and other terrorist organizations um, that want, that perceive us as weak. And if this validates their opinion, it hurts us and furthers and strengthens their cause. Well, that's, that's kind of what I've said about even the ISIS situation, why, you know, the president won't say Islamic radicals, because if he says that, then ISIS turns out, flips that around and says, look, see, the West is a war on Islam, it's a war on Islam, and they can use that as a tool to recruit and help them build strength. Right now, by denying this, you know, these groups and these fanatics, these kind of tools that say, hey, look, see, look, this is evidence from the government, especially the U.S. government, that they are against us, that they are not to be trusted. You really, it kind of, it makes them dig and work to try to find this, but it doesn't give them any kind of verifiable, hey, look, this is what we have. But what these senators did is basically just handed them on a silver platter a specific letter stating it's the United States government. Here's 47 of our senators, nearly half the Senate, saying, hey, look, you can't trust us, you're right, because while you may agree with this president, in less than two years we may completely upend what you've agreed with him, even though... They know that. They know when an administration changes, policies can change, sanctions can be uh, replaced, uh, removed, um, you know, additional deals can be made, and deals that were on the table can be pulled. Well, that's a, that's a constant. I mean, no matter what happens, exactly. It's there. There's a finite amount of time a president has in office, no matter what. So, saying that doesn't really. I mean, uh, on a professional and major stream level, I mean that doesn't really matter. But as far as like the propaganda aspect of it, because I mean you're in media too, so you understand that most people don't quite get all the caveats of what goes on. You know, for real, it's just about what they can use for talking points and headlines and things like yep. that, and that's basically what they've given them now. Is- it's a very dangerous thing for that uh, that purpose and that goal. Um, Alan, thank you for your piece that you wrote. Thank you for calling us here, and call us again there from uh, Dallas in the great big state of Texas. Uh, let's go to, uh, before break, Lawrence in Louisiana, line four. Lawrence, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good. How you doing, Lawrence? What do you think about this? Uh, I think if you look at our government as like a brain it's like uh, you can't even call it cognitive cognitive dissonance. It's like a schizophrenic. <laughs> it's like you, you you're trying to multiple personality. Is it bipolar? <laughs> exactly. No offense to those to people to bipolar, by the way. What's that? I said, and no offense to those people by bipolar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but see, here's the difference: a bipolar person can have uh, medical treatment and therapy and get help, and I sure. I don't I don't think our government can in the bipolar capacity it is no no it's it's can't, it's can't medicate the republicans although i as a democrat would enjoy that 
I, I think it's insane that people try and to, try to uh, like justify what, what went on, and, and you can you can look at like people. Everybody's like making fun of us. The entire world is looking at us, laughing like these guys are morons, and and it's, it's people are saying that it's a good thing. I don't see how. How can it be? Okay, I I, I again, I I think when you have Republicans and the people working around them making all of these statements to the press and saying, but don't give my name, um, they realize they did wrong. You know, I, I think it's terrible it was done at all. I only wish it was closer to the election that they had done this. Yeah, true, true. But, all right. Thank you, buddy. Anything else? All right, thanks. All right, Lawrence, thank you. They're in Louisiana. He didn't have a heavy accent. I was looking for that little, you know. All right, we will be back. Don't go away. If you're holding, hang tight. Coming right to your calls. You want to join us? Like I said, line available when we finish. Take Lawrence's place, 8886-LESLIE. Don't go away. Up next, more calls. Don't go away. I'm Leslie Marshall. Todd in Gainesville, Florida, line three. Good afternoon, Todd. Thanks for holding, and welcome. What's your take on this? Hi, Leslie. Thank you very much for, I really appreciate this opportunity for opinion here. Um, You are one of my favorites, by the way. Oh, that that already already starts the conversation off well, even if we don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know we do we differ a little politically, but um, the I think the letter I know Iran would want to get a letter from me. I would have a lot you know worse to say than that. But I look at Iran as their their manifesto is death to America. So I don't uh, trust Iran for anything, and I think the letter really didn't. Uh, the, the letter pretty much just said we don't trust you, which I agree. Um, but, do, but do you tell your enemy or somebody who's an enemy and you're hoping to turn into an ally? Because the more allies we have, the easier it is to defeat ISIS and other organizations like that in the future, regardless of what you think of the nation or its leaders or its practices or its culture, etc. Uh, but A, don't you think that they know we don't trust them and they don't trust us? And B, that you, you show them your hand and that you tell them that and C, that you do it in a not uh, in a partisan um, non-diplomatic and inappropriate and unprofessional manner. Yeah, yeah, I see that. The A on the trust point. The uh, remember the um, you know their manifesto. It's right on the walls. It's death to America. I mean, there is no. I don't think there is a trust there. I don't know if there ever will be unless they change their government. I know that there's a. When Iranian you talk about freedom. the manifesto, are you talking about a manifesto that's in that museum? Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about their their manifesto that their supreme leader just comes out and just acknowledges. I mean, he does it all the time. He just speaks it. It's death to America. I mean, I think they show that. I think that's right in front of our eyes. But, but you know, that could change, I suppose. Um, I'd like to see it because he'd hate to have an enemy like this out there. But, I mean, they're... Yeah, they're I think perfect. you're a little confused, though, because my understanding was when you go to the museum um, from uh, the time of uh, when the 500 Iranians stormed the American embassy, and that was on November 4th in 1979, they have in a museum, which is a very different account of history than we do, obviously, being in Iran. Uh, and there was a reporter from NPR that just was there two weeks ago and did an extensive report, and he read... Um, from this uh, manifesto. Um, I think you're talking about Hezbollah's manifesto from 1985, uh, which lists one of its, uh, uh, which does list um, uh, death of America and uh, not just as part of their manifesto, but in a sense, one of their goals. Yeah, I'm speaking manifesto is and just what they're saying right now. It's, it's basically a conceptual manifesto. I don't, you know, it may not be written in stone, 
I'm saying uh, it's more conceptually that this is what the the Ayatollah says. This is the propaganda they speak to the people. We're you know we're the great Satan. They smeared us as that. Their attack on us then is, you know, that's their. Uh, but you don't think? Uh, say, say, I hear you, but it's 2015. Would you say the United States and the people of the United States, the demographics, the mindset, perhaps of today's youth? have changed over 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Well, I'd like to see Iran pull back from sponsoring terrorism. If well, it's not, that, you know, I you can say Iran is sponsoring terrorism. Is Iran sponsoring terrorism or some people within the government and within the uh, private uh, population of its people? Yeah, you're right, you're right. You can't because there are some people in the United States that are sponsoring terrorism, too. I would imagine a lot more simply because we have a lot more people. Well... Iran's government, Ayatollah, I you know, their, their supreme leader, the Ayatollah, sponsors terrorism. Well, they have a new supreme leader. You, you are aware of that, right? And, and uh, he sponsors terrorism because that, that's what they're doing right now. Well, how, now, how do you – uh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you're saying that they don't sponsor The supreme terrorism. leader – guys, hold on. The supreme leader is still Ayatollah Khomeini, but he's a religious cleric, and people argue he is the leader. But there is a new president, Hassan – Rouhani, who has been willing to talk to the West, which is unprecedented since the 1970s. So there's two different dynamics here, just to be fair. And actually, no, your third that you haven't mentioned, um, there was just a, a new person who's actually above the Supreme Leader. You have to remember, Iran has a religious um, government and a political government head, and then a head above all of that. And yeah, the head guy above all of that, I'm looking up right now, he was just uh, renamed, actually elected, two days ago. And he's actually more conservative. And that guy, who I think you're talking about, uh, to our caller, he is not the one who spoke out against the Republicans' letter, but the Supreme Leader did, who's working with the new uh, president of Iran, uh, the leader of Iran politically, a figurehead in a sense, who replaced Ahmadinejad, Rouhani, who is much more of a moderate and who, who wants to bring about economic change to Iran because he realizes Iran's future is non-existent if they don't turn around their economy. Because right. ISIS, is ISIS isn't going to say, hey, give us some money and we'll come back and give you hugs. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they need an economy. Everybody does. These sanctions that have been put on Iran from, what, the Allied, from the UN, from America, everybody. Let's just admit, that's brought them to the table. Personally. All right, we are out of time. I'm not cutting you off because we don't agree 100%. <laughs> okay, especially because you complimented me. Uh, but uh, you can give me a call tomorrow, another day. Anybody I didn't get to today, I'm so sorry. Give me a buzz tomorrow. 